Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori, and we have the pleasure of having Mr. House Hacker himself, travel hacker extraordinaire, uh, not to mention former NFL player and NDSU legend C.J. Smith with us. How's it going, C.J.? And I appreciate that intro. Uh, it's going great. It's going real good. This is round two for you. We're not even, we don't even have you here for your, for your athletic accolades right now we got you for your real estate expertise i appreciate you guys having me man well tell, tell us what you got going on tell us what your goals are right now oh man my goals right now is to buy uh, another another duplex at the end of the year and then one of my other goals is to buy a vacation rental in puerto rico so those are like two of my big goals um, how many you got right not, now just two, just one duplex and uh, a triplex, both in Minneapolis. Right on, right on. And Q, right mm-hmm. now, you're you know the the market's crazy. Q is also, I know everybody thinks he's a full time podcast host, but he's also a cool real estate agent, and he will sell your properties or find you a property if you need one. So Q, shameless plug on my end, sorry, but go ahead, do your thing. No, we're, we're all we're all good. You know, we've been licensed for a couple years now, and also want to mention that I see CJ has gotten his uh his license as well. So we're both out here on the market. Market is crazy to to say the least. And yeah, what a time to be a seller. We'll just say that. Elaborate on that right now. You two give us, give the listeners what's going on. Cause some people have no idea. Some people are stuck still renting, you know, they're, they're trapped in that. They don't understand that you could probably get a house and pay less than you're paying for rent on a mortgage and still build equity. A lot of people are, are caught in that cat and mouse and have no idea what's going on. So I'll just give my quick perspective on it. Yes, that is true. But then again, let's keep into, you know, comparison of what you'll have to do in order to get a property. Like, yeah, you can, you know, utilize a FHA loan, put 3.5% down, but then the competition of getting the property is the problem right now because there's so much demand and not as many sellers as there are buyers, it's hard to get a property. Um, I mean, everything's going over asking by five figures. So, you know, be be prepared to spend a little more than you're expecting and be prepared to have a few letdowns as well because <laughs> there's a lot of buyers that are in that situation. So just, just my opinion on that side of it. I agree, Q. Um, just piggybacking off of what Q said, you know, um, when you use a 3.5% down FHA loan, um, it doesn't stand out as much as, you know, if you're paying all cash or if you're putting 20% down, um, sellers are usually going to go with that deal. FHA is hard because there's a lot of uh, regulations. So, like, when they come to your property and you have, like, chipping paint, then FHA is going to, you know, they're going to go back to, this, to the seller and, like, you guys got to fix this. Um, so, those are some of the problems with the FHA loan, the low down payment loan. But if you can buy a house right now, I mean, I would do it, you know, just make sure you're not overpaying. Um, as long as if you're house hacking, if you're buying a duplex, you know, um, it's not really about how much you're paying for the property. To me, it's more about the monthly payment and how much I can get in rent. You know, um, if you can cover majority of my rent, then I see it as a good deal. Um, yeah, that's my little spill. Well, one of my favorite things that I just saw you post on IG, it had 
cash is king, but you crossed out cash and you said cash flow is king. Explain that. I, I know you just dabbled a little bit, but explain that for people out there that don't understand that, you know, that switch up there. Yeah. So, I mean, we're living now we're living in a cashless society. You know, you got Bitcoin, you got all these different types of cryptocurrencies, um, credit, you know, um, and I mean, you guys probably don't even carry cash, you know? So when it comes to building wealth, um, cash flow is king, you know? So cash flow is getting paid like every single month, every single week, um, on the, on the dot, you know, for little, for little to no work at all, you know, if you have the right systems in place. So cash flow is king because you can't outspend your cash flow, right? You're not getting all your cash at one time. Um, you're getting it, you know, me, I get it once a month, you know, cash flow once a month for my properties and I can't spend that money, you know, unless I'm using a credit card, which would be, you know, dumb. Um, so like cash flow is, is really king. You know, you can live off your cash flow. If, if your cash flow is paying for all your expenses, then you're financially free. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you just have cash, the inflation will eat up your cash. Right. If you're just saving the cash, cash flow is coming from an asset. You know, so it's a hedge against inflation. So explain too, because now you're bringing up assets, which I also think is something that people, I, I just, you know, unfortunately with the way that the school system is brought up, they don't teach you these things in school, which is, is something that I think should be taught to everybody and it should be mandatory to learn it. Um, and I think that's why so many people are financially illiterate. Um, assets are how you accumulate wealth. It, hopefully you're buying good assets. You know, obviously you can have a bad asset that costs you money that could, you know, like a money pit or something like that. But I mean, it, it, yeah. it, most of the time, if you're buying something, it usually goes up in value. That's why property is such a, a nice investment to have because it tends to go up as time goes on and you're building equity and paying off whatever loan you had. And if you're an owner and you're renting it out, there's tax benefits as well. So I want, I, I mean, you're very successful at what you're doing. I want to hear more of your story, how you got to that point. I know a, a big passion of yours is also helping other people get to that, that point as well. And I know you've been reaching out to former NFL players as well to try to teach them. Um, mm -hmm. Walk us through what you're doing and, and what's been successful, what's been something you've learned from, you know, the adversity you've had to come over in, in this experience. Probably I doubt you had somebody that was spoon feeding you what to do. You know what I mean? So I just, I just want to hear the story, man. And so when I got out the league, I was lost. I feel like a lot of people just go through a transition period. You know, when you guys are done with college basketball, um, you know, you, you're, you're lost. Like, what do I do now? I've been playing sports my whole life. What do I do now, you know? And so that was the case for me after the NFL. I felt like I didn't have any skills. I felt like I didn't know much. Um, and it was a mindset thing for me. And so getting over all of that um, and finding mentors, um, I reached out to this guy named Sean Linda. Um, he was the one who told me the house hack, and it just clicked for me. Um, and so I started doing it. Um, and then I just seen the benefits right away. I'm like, Oh my gosh, why doesn't everybody know about this? You know? Um, and so I'm like, damn, I'm just, I just have to tell as many people as I can about this. Right. Cause this is like the quickest way to build wealth that I know of. Um, so I started doing the house hacking thing and I just started learning about real estate. I just fell in love with real estate and that's what, you know, maybe want to become a realtor, real estate agent. Um, and now, so more, I'm just, I really just want to help people, you know, get to, you know, financial freedom or time freedom or travel freedom, whatever it is. I just want to help people feel free in their day-to-day -day lives because we all feel so stressed about work. Even when I was playing in the NFL, you know, I felt stressed. I feel good now. You know, I don't have to wake up, um, you know, at 6 a.m. in the morning and feel like the pressure of my job being cut every single day, um, not getting to spend a lot of time with my, you know, my wife or my family and things like that. And so 
um, really, uh, I just did a lot of, a lot of self-work. Um, and then, and it all started with mindset for me. Um, I had a lot of like negative self-talk, um, coming out the NFL. Um, again, I didn't think I had any skills, but if you play sports, um, then you have a lot of skills, whether that's like just being determined, um, whether that's, uh, being accountable, whether that's like you're in the film room and you know how to take notes. Um, and that's why I love like, um, talking to athletes about that. But if you're not an athlete too, you still have skills. You just have to figure out, you know, your skills and what benefits you. And so my story, when it comes to real estate, truly, I figured out like, dang, I actually do have real estate skills, you know? Um, moving from place to place when I played in the NFL, staying in Airbnbs. I lived in eight, nine different states, you know, staying in tons of different Airbnbs. I'm like, okay, I can kind of like gauge how much people will pay for rent, you know, um, for this property, you know, and I can kind of gauge like the amenities people like, you know, what type of flooring, what type of, you know, um, appliances and things like that. And I'm like, man, I do actually have some skills, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I took those skills and, and, and started to, you know, invest in myself. And it's paid dividends so far. Oh, man, you're killing it. You're killing it. I, I'm jealous. When I remember, too, the first time we talked, I wanted to talk about the realist stuff way more in our first episode that we had you on. But then I knew we were really focused on the athletic side. But for me, I mean, I told you, I, I'm on my seventh property now. And for me, it was crazy because I'm one of the few people that benefited from the recession. And the reason why I benefited from the recession is I had a full-ride scholarship at St. Thomas. Thank God. Um, but then on top of that, I was for some reason reading what Warren Buffett was investing in during the recession. I wanted to know why the rich were so rich while everybody else was becoming poor. And one of the main things that he was talking about was like wood, water and things like that. But then towards the end of it, like the last one he was saying was real estate. And I'm like, that one I might be able to attain. So I just went out and I got a FHA loan from the bank or I got approved for an FHA loan from the bank. And the reason why it worked is I also had just taken a business class that you had to put together business proposals. So I learned how to put a business proposal together before I applied for this FHA. And I was able to prove like, hey, I'm going to have roommates in this place. It's going to generate this much money. I'm going to have this much coming in every month. I have a lease already signed. So when they saw that, it was a wrap. The bank loved me. And I, I, I was a young kid. I never had any debt. I was going to school for free. I was just a lucky person. So they gave me a $250,000 loan. I bought that house. I was making 60 grand a year on it. I was a, coming from being extremely broke to now being around all these rich kids and then thinking like, oh my God, I kind of know what it's like to be rich. Like, or to me, like I'd never seen money like that before. So it was like, I remember when I stopped living in the dorms and I finally got the house, I had 10 grand from the school. I think it was a little under 10. It was like nine and change to live off of for the year. Plus now I got 60 grand coming in from the rental. So I'm like, what do I do with this? I didn't even know what to, I was just loving life. So then it started expanding. Um, unfortunately, my mother had lost her house to the recession. She was one of the people that bit off more than she could chew. And she didn't really know where to go. So this is where my second property came in. I found a guy who is, I think, struggling. Him and his wife are struggling. They bought a uh, town or a condo that they couldn't afford in Prior Lake. I bought it from them for sixty-two thousand, which they bought for eighty-eight. And wow. the person they were they were on a contract for deed, which I didn't even know until closing, for I think one eighteen or something before that. So I ended up getting this place that was originally one eighteen down to sixty-two. I bought that and I told my mom, "Hey, you can stay here. 
if you can give me rent, great. If not, it is what it is. I'm not worried about it, but at least you got a place to stay where nobody's going to kick you out, blah, 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 blah. So then it started there. Then when I graduated college, instead of going to buy myself a house house, I moved in with my grandma like Elaine and stayed there for, I think, maybe six months to a year. Then found a townhouse in Prior Lake closer to the condo. Stayed in that place for a year or two. Then bought another house in Savage. And then it just kept snowballing until I'm at the place where I'm at now. And now it's that, CJ, you kind of know it's like, with. And the thing about house hacking, I, I love the idea. And when I was in college and I was single, it was great. But now that you're an adult, or I shouldn't even say that because I don't always feel like an adult. But now that you have, like, your spouse, it's hard to have other people that close while you're trying to live. Because you're doing your guys' relationship, and you don't want other people in your shit, I guess is the quickest way to say it. So it's like, I, me being the person I am just to want to generate money, I'd be like, I got a few extra rooms. I could ask a buddy if he wants to rent a room for three fifty, five hundred a month, blah, 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 blah. And my girl's like, hell no. I felt bad. I actually, I feel bad to this day. If Marcus Alapate listens to this, I remember he wanted to rent a room from me and I had to turn him down because I'm like, nah, I'm sorry, bro. I, I'm kind of serious with this one. This isn't somebody who's just coming once a week to hang out. She's like living here. And I feel bad to this day. <laughs> forgive me, Marcus, but that is the quickest way to make money. And I, I passed that knowledge on to my brother. My brother did it. He had like three roommates until his girl was like, this is enough. You got to get them out of the house. But I mean, it pays your mortgage and then some. Man. Yeah. I just want to go back to something. I think you said you were lucky. I don't, man, I don't think you're lucky at all. I think you're smart and you know, you earn that scholarship as well. And so just putting yourself in that position, man, that's awesome to hear. I, I didn't know you owned all those rentals, honestly. Um, until I, you, we were talking on uh, Instagram, um, I, so I that's sold, dope to hear. I man. sold them now for this one, but I did own yeah. a few before, and I I've been telling yeah. them for a minute. I want to get back into it so bad. I've been looking in uh the Mankato area. My wife's got a dance studio. She's got like nine hundred kids, so I just know. And now that I have a daughter, I know that she's going to be crazy in the dance world. So I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time in that area. So I'm just thinking if I'm going to get back into it, I got to stay away from St. Paul, which is kind of my bread and butter and head down that way because that's just where I think my life is going to take me. But I want to jump back in. I want to get like you, man. I want to have some duplexes. Yeah, Five man, I love duplexes. <laughs> <laughs> man, and, and it's going back to, um, you know, buying a place for your mom. I think that's amazing. You know, that's yeah. something that a lot of us strive for, you know, being able to, you know, your mom getting kicked out of her place and then being able to provide a place for her. Like, wow, that's that's mind-blowing right there. That's, those are goals. This is just the way the cookie crumble, man. It, it got, I swear to God, bro, it's, everything's timing. I feel like I feel like I had a pretty tough life until college. And then when college came, I felt like I paid my dues and shit started to fall my way. So mm-hmm. I feel like all the good stuff that did come to my way, I feel like I earned it because I had all that bad stuff happen before. But, man, you just you never know. You know like anything. You never know when things are going to flip, when you're going to have bad luck. And there is bad luck. Mm-hmm. And And to me – you could be the best at everything, but to me, being lucky is better than being good at something. Luck is the greatest thing you can get, and not everybody's got it. Some people don't have that horseshoe up their ass, you know what I mean? Like, I had many years where it was trash for a very, very long time. So now that some stuff's coming my way, I'm just riding it out. Hopefully, I get every job out of that sucker. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And then even going back to like luck a little bit more, I love talking about like things like this. Um, I think like you, you, like the people you surround yourself with, you know, the things that you do every single day, like your routine, eventually, eventually you're going to get lucky. 
you know, because you're, you know, you're doing the right things. You know, if you're not doing the right things, you're not just about to just get lucky out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, like, a, a luck is, is a product of, like, your day-to-day, you know? Yeah, if you're preparing yourself and you're setting yourself up for the right situation, at least you can capitalize if luck does stumble upon you. And mm-hmm. I think, I, I mean, habitually, I think that's how you are regardless. So I think that's why you're as successful as you are. I want to actually ask you, though, about how you said you're talking about the people you surround yourself with. And this is something we were talking about off camera. I have plenty of friends that are very, very successful. And then I have some friends that, you know, they've never even attempted to go beyond high school. They don't, they don't have interest in that. And they, they're the most happy people I've ever seen. I've seen some people who are extremely successful and so unhappy. And I see some of my buddies that barely have anything and they're just jacked. Like they're always happy. Life's great. So it's, it's also that thing though, with where your mindset is and what you're trying to accomplish you kind of have to surround yourself with what you want to be to be able to achieve your goals. Otherwise it's very hard to dig yourself out of that. So how have you managed, you know, those relationships? Have you had to cut people off or have you, have they weeded themselves off or out of your life for you or. Man, I just call it protecting my peace nowadays, man. Um, just protecting my peace and my time. Um, so like just my, my core group of friends, not interested in the same things that I'm interested in, you know, still my boys. But when it comes to what I want to be and where I want to be, I had to surround myself with a group of guys. So um, there's three of the guys that I was in a mastermind with for a year um, who all are into real estate and like into franchising businesses and things like that. And so I surrounded myself with these guys and we just been, you know, going consistent, um, pushing each other and things like that. Um, and that's how I got, you know, my realtor gig. Um, I'm working under a guy who I use as a realtor who's in my mastermind. Um, and so just really just reaching out to people too, you know, people love a hungry person, you know, somebody reach out to you, Kyle, it's like, man, I'm interested in real estate, you know, I heard that you own seven rentals, like, what can I do to get in, you know, how can I get started, you know, to get to where you're at, we all want to mentor people, so I just took that, like, okay, if I could just be authentic and reach out to people more, then maybe they can drop some gems on me, maybe I can build a relationship, maybe they'll be my friend, maybe I can hang out with them, things like that, and, you know, level up like that, um, and so you really are, I really am a product of who I, you know, am around. Um, you don't know what you're not exposed to, you know? And so I'm just trying to, if I see somebody doing something, I, uh, like, like you said earlier, how are the rich, you know, how are these people getting rich, you know, Warren Buffett and everybody's like, okay, real estate. How do I surround my people, myself with as many people as I can that do real estate, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was, that's just been my goal is just surrounding myself with people who are striving for something. Q, I, I know you got, Q has got more connections than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. He's, he's right there with Marcus Alapate. These two are like neck and neck for the most giant networking connections of human beings. So Q, why don't you tell us about that same kind of situation for you? So I was going to revert this kind of to a question for, for CJ, more so like obviously coming out of the league Obviously, there's so many different ways to become wealthy. How did real estate become the primary thing that you wanted to tap into? Other than, you know, having some mentors and some other people who kind of already planted the seed and were doing that. Was there any specific interest of your own or was it more so like, okay, I see they're having success. So I'm going to try this as well. Um, man, that's, that's a good question. Um, I remember one time just driving around on vacation in Cali 
and you see all these big houses and I'm like, no athletes live in these, like <laughs> these houses right here, no athletes live here. Like, what do they do? You know? And, and I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know they did real estate at the time. And then, um, getting to a spot where my wife and I, we wanted to buy, right. And we were going to buy a town home, a new town home. Um, and like, I don't know, somewhere and have to pay the mortgage. And I didn't know anything about real estate investing. And my wife is like, no, that's not the right choice. And so I'm like, dang, like we do need a place to live. We can't rent forever. Rent is getting expensive. We lived in, um, in uptown, we lived at this place called Lime. And then we moved to St. Louis Park and rent's like 1700, you know, it's bread, you know, 1800. I'm out the league now. I'm like, I can't pay this. You know, my money's going down the drain. I can't do it no more. So I'm like, what, what can we do? You know? Um, and there's not a lot of nice apartments, you know, that you can get in those areas, you know, for a decent price. And so I'm like, man, what can I do? What can I do? Um, so real estate, you know, if I can live on one side, live in a nice area, live on one side and get my tenants to pay for the rent and all I got to do is manage it, then that's what I'm going to do. And so obviously being exposed to uh, my mentor and him telling me to do it as well, um, that's how I think I really got into real estate. And then also, earlier I said in the show, um, I'm, I lived in a lot of different places, you know, um, I've stayed in a lot of Airbnbs and things like that. So I'm like, man, I kind of know like the numbers just from staying at a lot of places, you know, so that made me feel uh, a lot more confident going into real estate as well. You got Definitely. one more? You got one more? Because I got some other stuff that I could branch off too, but I don't want to interrupt you if you got more. No, I was just going to add in definitely because I know there's a lot of people. Obviously, we we get contacted on a daily basis from people who are interested in real estate but just don't have the, I guess, the, the mindset, one, to get started, two, maybe the means or finances, and three, just kind of the game plan. So just wanted to kind of get that as far as some clarity, just so people who aren't involved at the moment can understand what it actually takes to get started. Yeah. What do you think it takes Q? All three that I, I just mentioned. I mean, one, you have to have, <laughs> have the mindset Two, you have to want it three, you know, finances, mm-hmm. finances, a discipline, I think is a big thing. Discipline. Like, if you really think about it, there's a lot of our friends that have money coming in. And if you really, really think about it, it's kind of stupid money because if you think how much somebody's paying each weekend, you're living for the weekend, right? You're probably blowing anywhere from, I mean, food. You just go to Chipotle. Say you're just going to Chipotle before you go pregame. pregame. And I'm cheap. So this is even, we'll, we'll do it super low because I know a lot of my friends are way above me. When I was going <laughs> out, I go get Chipotle, spend my $8.00. Then I was super cheap when I was in college, and I get Burnett's, which is like thirteen dollars. Eight dollars at Chipotle. That's it. Eight dollars at Chipotle. Then what does that meal consist of? Just the burrito, the chicken burrito, baby. No guac. You don't even even get a drink. Water. Water's free, baby. Water's free. The water cup. Yeah. I used to when when they used to have the limes. They got rid of the limes years ago. But when they used to have the limes, I used to actually get chips, and then I take the limes in a water cup. And then I spray them on my chips, shake them up, have some lime chips. But that's a whole other story. We're not talking about the gourmet Chipotle meal. We're talking about how much money you could save if you weren't going out. So I'm All talking right, about $8. Then I'm talking about the $13.99 that I would buy the Burnett's. I would purposely drink the Burnett's before we go out. When we go out, I'd maybe have two drinks while I was out. And that probably cost me like 20 bucks if you're counting tips. So just off of one night. One night, we're talking, what, 22 plus another 20 $42 just in one night. Say I do that two, three times a week. Then you add that up over a month. 
that's money that I could have been putting away towards saving for, I mean, if an FHA, even if you're only putting down three and a half percent, you might need seven and a half grand. You know what I mean? To buy a decent place. So if you think about that, it's, it's attainable. It's just, if you're about uh, for women, probably Starbucks throughout the week, or if you are going out to eat all the time or, you know what I mean? There's, it's just, I think you gotta, you gotta have, it's, it depends on what hard you want or what easy you want. It's easy to have money if you don't spend it. It's hard to have money if you do spend it. You got to pick what you what easy or what hard you want. That was yeah. uh, such a great way to put it just because in perspective, I, I like to do that too. I'm like, all right, well, what if we, you know, get a get a pair of Jordans, you know, once a month. Say they're 200 bucks. You times that by, you know, 12 months and then you're like, okay, this is the amount that I would have had towards something else. I could have put this as a down payment towards something. It's like it's all about perspective and that's that's really how people spend money on a daily basis like those small things add up over time you mm-hmm. know like imagine someone who smoked a pack of cigarettes maybe let's just say one or two packs a week times that by 52 weeks times that by 30 years you know how much money you've spent on cigarettes like it's <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy just the you know that type of perspective can really like broaden someone's view of how they spend finances or what they could accumulate. Think if you took that money and you put it into something that gave you compound interest, everybody be millionaires. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> you make more money than Dogecoin, bro. You'd be a millionaire. If you figured out how to do the compound interest with that, whew, you'd be like, yeah. I was smoking them cigarettes. I really wasn't doing it. That's the truth, though. I mean, people spend things, you know, on a daily basis, like, like cigarettes, you know, everyone has their own habits, could be fast food, cigarettes, alcohol, whatever it may be, but over time it adds up. So what's the biggest part of your guys's budget? You know, cause I've spent a lot on food. I can't lie. I spend food. a lot on food, food, food. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for good food. <laughs> Me too. Food, food and my mortgage, food and my yeah. mortgage. Now, now mm-hmm. it's worse too, because like I said, when I was younger, when I had the rentals, I didn't really pay a mortgage, you know, and plus it was my write-offs on top of that. So it was like, mm-hmm. I missed that so much, but there is the other thing that I want to talk about is I had a lot of headaches because I'm renting to college kids. So for me, I remember on my birthday, man, I think I had turned, I had ran away to go up North to um, the whitefish chain to a cabin for the weekend, trying to just relax and get the hell away. I get a call on my birthday, September 3rd, brrr, Hey man, we had a party last night. So and so was having sex on the toilet. The toilet broke and it's coming through the ceiling. And I'm like, like, is it is it just leaking water or is it like really coming through the ceiling? And they're like, they played it off like it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, dude, if it, I'm here for the week. Like I had just driven up. I'm like, I gotta go down three, two and a half hours, drive back down. Check it out. I'm glad I went because it was pouring through the, the, the first level down to the basement. So I had two levels of water falling out. I'm like, oh, Man. this isn't good. Because they didn't even know how to turn off the water underneath the toilet because they're kids. And I'm mm. like, God, this is, this is how I'm celebrating my birthday. I think that was like 23 or 24. I was like, hmm, this is a good birthday. <laughs> Yeah, uh, college college is definitely a niche, man. It's definitely a niche area. 
They, and the thing that I liked about them, though, is you could get their parents to co-sign on all the all – the, or every payment. You know what I mean? So that part I liked, but they destroyed everything. Mm-hmm. They destroyed everything, bro. I remember I had I had a four-car four car garage. That whole thing, they left all their trash in it of an of a eight-bedroom house. Oh, my gosh. A whole – Sounds like I, a nightmare. Dude, it was ridiculous. I'd never even seen anything like that. It was like some, if I I should have had YouTube videos or something because I probably yeah. famous right now from all that. Like the, the stuff I'd have to deal with, it was insane, CJ. So that stuff, like I don't miss that, but I really miss the checks that were coming in because it was it was good money. Yeah, Crazy. definitely. Mm-hmm. So Just having systems, you know. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. What, no, I I was asking you what what are your tenant situations like. Oh, man, my tenants are great. So I screen them through Zillow. Um, so that's another system that I have. Instead of me, like, taking their payments and then trying to do the background and credit check, um, that's all done through Zillow. So Zillow, they pay through Zillow, um, background credit checks, all through Zillow. I just review it. I look at it. And um, and then everything's, you know, if they're a good tenant, if they're qualified, you know, based on my standards, then I approve them. Um, so I have two of my two of my boys that I do know are living in one of my rentals. Um, I gave them a super discount, you know, just trying to help, help out. Um, and then up here, you know, I got some gamers, you know, I never see them. So <laughs> I really don't. And then this one is I'm kind of nervous about is I just put, uh, the studio, um, on Airbnb. And so we'll, we'll see. I'm sure I'm going to have problems. I know I will eventually. Um, <laughs> tell, tell me what you think the problems will be. Oh man. Um, possibly leaks i hope not i hope i'm not jinxing myself but like uh just messing up the property you know airbnb like think about it you know if, if there's a party or something people drinking having more people than they're they're allowed to have um just I, like this is new i i just did everything in here you know so i'm sure like stuff is gonna get scratched up stuff is gonna get broken all those things but you have to account for that you know so um i'm ready for when it does happen you know and um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I hope I don't have anything worse than, you know, a couple of scratches and dents. Man, I, I, I really hope nothing bad ever happens to you because it, it is a – dude, it's just a headache, especially when you you just want everybody to treat your stuff the way that you would treat it, but the odds are nobody thinks of it that way, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, man, I yeah, it, it looks I, – I saw the space. It looks like it would be easy to maintain, though. Mm-hmm. It's small, you know. That's that's one thing I think is a plus. It's super small, but you know it's going to produce cash, and it's not going to take a lot of time to clean. Hopefully, um, I don't know what you can do in here, but I'm sure the tenants will figure out how to <laughs> how to destroy. It. So, are you staying in that place and then staying at one of your other spots too, or how how are you doing all that? Yeah, so we're house hacking uh, a triplex right now. Um, okay. So we have tenants upstairs, and then we live in the bottom unit, and then behind us is like a it's like a ADU like a third unit right okay so there's a door that um a two-way door that blocks off my unit from the airbnb okay um that we put like a nice solid core door there um and it locks on both sides um you can't really hear anything and then they have their own separate entrance from the the back like the fenced in yard um, okay and they can park back there too um and so yeah that's our setup what kind of parking is back there Oh, we have a garage. We have an oversized garage. Um, and then we have just a, a cemented uh, parking spot right next to the garage, which the Airbnb guests will use, or they can use the street parking. So how many how many spaces is it total? Is it three then, or is it? Three. Yep. Three? And then mm-hmm. parking's free all week, or what, what are the city? Because you're in Minneapolis. St. Paul is crazy, mm-hmm. stupid stuff every other day. 
<laughs> what's going on. Minneapolis, I'm not as familiar with because I just would visit Minneapolis. I never lived in Minneapolis. Why is it like that? Why do people like why <laughs> I always get this question and I'm almost the same way. Like I barely ever go to St. Paul, but it's only twenty minutes away, you know? Dude, <laughs> like why I, did, it's it's, it's so different. The people who are deciding the stuff for Minneapolis were a lot smarter than the people in St. Paul, especially like when it comes to snow removal and stuff. If you ever mm-hmm. s- s- Minneapolis doesn't mess around. When it snows down, they go plow. In mm-hmm. St. Paul, they'll wait till the snow is done before they even touch anything. So you might get snowed in. You you just never know where you could park. They might tow your shit. It, it just is all <laughs> that. Minneapolis, whoever was the one thinking behind Minneapolis was actually thinking. Whereas the people yeah. where I'm at never happened. Never happened. Uh, the parking though is, you know, it's free. Um, you just got those weird sometimes alerts, you know, the snow removal alerts where you have to park on one side of the street. Um, actually, my tenant, I saw, I saw him getting his car towed almost, um, just because, you know, sometimes they're like doing street sweeps and they're cleaning the street, and he didn't move his car. So I, I hit him up real quick. I'm like, yo, there's a tow person out here about to tow your car. You know, I'm like, yeah, you better renew your lease too. That I saved you. <laughs> So uh, what what made you get started with the Airbnb? I've noticed that's also been a very lucrative uh, investment as well. Obviously, there's always going to be, you know, tourists, travelers as well. And, you know, that's some another thing that can uh, bring in some consistent cash flow. Uh, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, Airbnb, they pay more than long term rentals, right? Because it's a furnished place. And and so just, you know, I just want to dabble with it. Just having this small space attached to my triplex, um, you know, is a blessing. So it allows me to, you know, try Airbnb and out Airbnb out for once. And if I can produce the cash flow that I think I can produce, then I'll probably dabble with it again, you know. And then, you know, if I have the right systems in place here, then I can go do it somewhere else, like in Puerto Rico, where I want to buy, you know, a vacation rental. So when I'm down there, I can live there. And then when I'm gone, I can put it on Airbnb and have it pay, you know, the mortgage. Um, and so, yeah, it's really the main reason why I'm doing it is because it pay it gives you more cash flow than a long-term rental would. Well, it sounds like if I ever go to Puerto Rico, uh, I know who I need to contact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hit me up, man. Once I get there, once I get situated, I got you. You know what? Sure. Now that you're talking about the Puerto Rico stuff, I want to hear your, your travel hacking, too. I know we've talked off the record, obviously, but I want to, you know, you, you got all the ins and outs on trying to figure out stuff. Like, this guy essentially has the greatest job in the world where he gets to do what he wants to do. Then on top of that, he can travel the world damn near for free. So I want people to know how you do this, why you're able to do this. It starts with questions. Like you said, we keep on going back to Warren Buffett. How are people making money like this? How are people traveling like this? You know, it started by just asking questions. And then sure enough, I started to find some of the answers and just taking, you know, my credit and just figuring out how to leverage credit. You know, everybody preaches like, oh, make sure you take care of your credit. You know, oh, make sure you do this. I'm like, why do I need good credit? You know, that was the first question I had. Why do I need good credit? I finally got good credit. I'm like, okay, what, how do like, how do I leverage this? You know? And so just using my credit along with my real estate business. So when I have expenses for my real estate business, uh, you put it on credit card, right? Obviously you have to pay that off every single month. You have to be disciplined person because if you're not, you're going to get credit card debt. So that's my disclaimer. If you, if you're not disciplined, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. um, but using my rental expenses, putting them on credit cards, like when I'm rehabbing this place right here, um, you know, it costs a few thousand dollars, put that on a credit card, sign up, get the credit card bonus, pay it off. And now I got, you know, a free hundred thousand points, you know, um, to be able to travel and just learning actually how to use those points too, because I know a lot of people sign up for like cashback rewards and things like that. Um, if you actually learn how to use your like travel points, 
they're a lot more worth than they're worth a lot more than cashback, you know, rewards. And so, and then they got other things like, you know, I think I talked to you about the Southwest companion pass, right? So mm-hmm. if you reach 125,000 points, um, through sign up bonuses, then you get to travel for free for two years. Right. And so with that's your girl, big, your yeah, girl. With my, with, yeah. That's the biggest <laughs> exactly. part. That's the thing that I yeah. want everybody to hear. The travel pass companion pass is not only CJ traveling for free, but his wife, that's yes. the kicker, you guys. That that's what I hope you pick up. So continue, CJ. Sorry for stopping you. Yeah. So I mean, just if you guys are interested in the Southwest Companion Pass, go on YouTube, you know, and search it up. Um, but like my wife and I, we just um, on Monday we we went to Chicago on Sunday and left on Monday, and you know, it was all for free. Um, and that just we used to travel and pay, you know, and now we don't. Our flights always pay for. Sometimes we have to pay for a hotel, and it just takes off a huge burden, you know. Um, and that's what I'm all about, right? And so just synergizing real estate and travel, even like having this Airbnb, right? So when my mom, she lives in Atlanta, when she comes up and visit, now she can stay here for as long as she wants, you know, without having to worry, worry about spending the dime on on a stay. You know, that takes off a lot of a lot of stress. So now we can actually have fun. Now we can actually be present. Um, and so that I'm just really about freedom, right? Um, just l- learning as well, asking the right questions. Continue to ask the question until you find the answer. I kept on asking the question, how are people traveling you know how are people building wealth you know um sure enough keep on keep on finding answers and better answers and people with those answers and you know for me too i I just feel like and i'm biased too because i've seen success myself but i just think real estate is the safest investment you know what i mean like for me i just feel like it's the most consistent and the safest Mm -hmm. yeah i think i love real estate because it's tangible it's something i can see you know something i can feel um that's why i love real estate yeah yeah also and it's, it's it's in an industry that'll never go away so we we're sure about that we don't have to worry about you know as a cryptocurrency we can't see it we can't feel it but we can i mean we can see it obviously virtually through the technology but it's not something you can just walk up to yes unless mm-hmm. it's a btc exactly. machine or something like that like <laughs> that's not the same we don't know what it's going to be tomorrow yeah I think it's actually taking a dive today. I think I think all stocks and crypto are all getting smacked today for some reason. The crazy part is it changes every second. So it's like, how how hard do you want to watch it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody would do it. Q. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah. The the thing though that when you were talking about the leveraging your credit that was stuff that i wouldn't say that i'm aware on how to do because i feel like the problem that i had is i got into i I really liked renting my place but i knew i'd never find stuff as low where i thought the juice would be worth the squeeze because i wasn't living on the half you know what i mean so it was like Mm. do i put this much money into a property because by then i thought i'd have to get in like 20 down 20 percent down you know what i mean so to me i was like well i'd rather get something live in it two years, then flip it. And then I'd see real money because I'd just get rid of it. So that was kind of my next move. I started just buying a place, staying in it, adding something that I thought would add value. Like, I, I, I don't know if many people know this, but I actually had my real estate license until I found out that you can get a limited broker's license and you can buy and sell all your own property. And it costs you about $500 a year. One sale, you make your money back. So it doesn't even make sense for me because I didn't I didn't really have not that I wouldn't help any friends if they wanted to sell a place or buy a place. But for me, it was about for me buying stuff. I didn't want to give somebody, you know, my percentage 
for a property, I could use that as negotiations. And that, that saved my ass a ton of times for all the properties I bought because I'll say, hey, I'll let you save that 13 or 20 grand towards the price because I'll give you, I'm, I'm not going to take any fees. So that would help me all the time. But I mean, mm-hmm. when I got into it, I just thought if I flip it, I could see a way bigger chunk of change. And so that, that I'd buy a place that didn't have a finished basement, or I'd buy a place that needed just a facelift, maybe some painting or trim painting, you know, simple stuff that isn't crazy. Some people forget that changing a, a, a light or updating all your outlets in your house, putting on new plates on those outlets, uh, just painting it to colors that are, you know, popping right now. Gray and white, that's pretty safe right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of – if your stuff's still – you know, tan and all brown or something, it's kind of probably not going to be appealing to a lot of people <laughs> in the moment right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. that kind of stuff I, I realized could, you could buy a place, you hold on to it for two years, you stay in it, you're building the equity, you're, you're finally paying principal. So then when you do sell it, you're not paying capital gains and whatever you do make, usually the properties are going to go up in value. So you might see, say you put in 10 grand over those two years, that 10 grand might now be 30. And you didn't have to pay any capital gains on any of it. That's where I found it was the quickest way to gain wealth. And I tell people all the time, the biggest checks I ever seen, like I had music checks that were very nice, but the biggest checks I ever saw were in real estate every time. Like you said, tangible and you get to see it. Like you said, it's something you could see, touch and feel. And you know, it's not going anywhere. Point blank. You're an OG man in this in this real estate game. I'm not though because I don't know how to do the credit stuff like you do. I don't know how to how I, I reach out to you because I want to learn how to travel. Right, I just had a daughter, so I'm probably not traveling anytime soon. But I'd like to be able to travel. I want to do the travel hacking. I want to learn how to do the the house hacking like you with me not living in them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I want to get back into the game. But now I'm I'm locked up in hopefully the house I die in or something down the road. You know so. It's it's a different yeah. ball game for me because it's it's trying to figure out how to leverage what I do got, mm-hmm. having to give up what I got because I like where my life is at, but I want to add. So it, it is hard when you're doing that financial gymnastics of a bank of saying, "Well, man, you got a property, you're paying thirty seven hundred on a mortgage now on your house," and it's like, mm-hmm. "Well, yeah, that's where I live, but I'm gonna be generating this much off of this, so it's going back to the business plan." But I can't. I'm still figuring out all that on my own now. Yeah, so a way to leverage your credit, too, is it doesn't have to be credit cards. So I know you guys are familiar with uh, HELOCs, right? Home equity line of credit. You know, taking out the equity from your house and using that to buy, you know, more properties, right? As long as that return from the properties is, can pay off that loan, then you're in the good. Um, and so that's a strategy that I plan to use because you can literally reuse that same money over and over and over again to continue to buy properties and not have to come out of pocket your own, you know? Um, and so that's what I plan on doing, right? So at the end of this, the end of the, towards the end of this year, um, we bought a duplex. We added value to it. We bought it for four hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. This is in South Minneapolis, right on fiftieth in France. It's like forty seventh in France, um, and now it's worth four ninety five. When I pull up the comps, it's it's four ninety five. And so I plan on, and then the tenants pay down the property to three eighty. You know, so now I plan to take out like forty thousand dollars in equity. Um, because it has to be like 75% or 70% loan to value, whatever it is. I don't know the specifics, but take that 40,000 and, you know, either buy another house hack or put, you know, 20% down and buy, you know, a $200,000 house. Hopefully I can find a wedge deal. Um, maybe, maybe not in this market, 
but take that money, have a pile of money and be ready to use it. Right. And another strategy that people use is say like the market right now, right? A lot of people are taking their equity out of their homes and use it to dump it in stocks. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what a lot of people do as well. That scares you. That scares you? That scares the shit out of me. I don't know much about stocks. I know Q does, though. Yeah, but I wouldn't recommend doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that's much a, about stocks. That's a risky ball game, but um, if you if you do, I would say just you know be for sure. It's hard to be for sure in any market, but you better have a good gut feeling if you're going to take a equity line of credit out to dump into some stocks. So, mm-hmm. the, uh, especially uh, who knows if it's short term, long term. You know, that's that's just a risky ball game. I mean, obviously, we're not financial advisors, so we wouldn't recommend that. But if you do, you know your risk. Yeah, know your risk. Always know your risk. Do your that, research. That's that scares me, man, because that's, that's the kind of thing where I go back to, I only bet what I can lose. I can't mm-hmm. lose paying this house off. It, that, that's my biggest thing. I'm just trying to bust to pay this off, because once this is off, then it's easy street. Once you finally pay off a loan, it's you're smooth sailing. It's damn near retirement for me then. You know what I yeah. mean? Once you walk away from that house payment, oh, baby. that's There's a lot of ways to do it, though. There's a lot of ways to do it. You know, it's all about how much risk that you're willing to take on. Some people, like me, you can you can buy two duplexes and then use the rental income to, to just pay it off, you know? And then you'd have a paid-off property, you just live off that cash flow, you know? Some people like to leverage up. They like to live, they like to use more leverage, you know, to grow more, to buy more properties. It's all about what you want to do, you know. There's good debt, there's bad debt. If I can find a return, something that's going to give me a return better than, you know, the debt that I'm borrowing, to me, then I'm in the good, you know. Some people don't like to do that, you know. To me, there's no risk, there's no reward. But I'm not just out here, like, you know, out over-leveraging myself. I don't use, like, hard money or private money or anything like that. And I, I barely do stocks because I love real estate so much, um, other than VTSAX. So. Oh, man. I, I, I love this conversation. This is this is the type of stuff that I'm trying to get into. Um, I was telling you, actually, I've been looking at a place, and hopefully nobody in Mankato is listening, but I've been looking at a place that I want to turn into a wedding venue that I think could pop. And it's it's an old fire firehouse that has a gymnasium in it and it clearly it needs some some upgrades and some things done to it obviously obviously nobody's bought it for a reason but i think it could be a smash and the only reason why i think this is because where i got married it was a very similar building but it would be a grip and i don't know nothing about planning weddings or anything like that and this is just a made-up idea so i don't even know how stupid i am or if i should just stick to stuff that i know like a house that I could rent or a flip or something like that. Yeah, I'm not the right. I'm not the right person to ask. Um, ask somebody who's who's done it. You know, who's done it. I think that's your best way to get the answer that you're looking for. You know, ask somebody who's done it. I haven't done that yet, so I'm not sure. You know, I know you're gonna be next. I I feel like real estate developments in your future. I feel like I might hear in ten years from now that you're buying properties, putting in roads, and then selling off lots to <laughs> contractors or something like that. Man, I hope so. I, I, I low key hope so. I'm done. I'm not doing any real estate in ten years. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see about that one. All right, Q, you got some more? Uh, that's all, man. It was some great convos, some great content. Uh, hope the hope the listeners really have something to to soak in and utilize. Yeah, and if they ever have any questions, ask us, and we'll get CJ back on here. If you guys are happy, yeah, we'll, we'll always. You're always welcome. We love talking to you, CJ. Man, I, I appreciate. 
And the other thing, too, is CJ is very outgoing. If you reach out to him, I'm sure he's going to respond back. He always does for me, and he barely knows me. So hopefully something that you guys will use as a resource because he's very knowledgeable. Definitely, man. I appreciate you guys guys having me. You guys can find me on Instagram at CJSmith underscore six. Um, That's probably the best best place to find me. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. I hope you have a great day. I appreciate you guys having me.